Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us. Last week, you will remember that we met with Nomiko Madden and his story was unusual. Young man who, before he was born, his mother had dedicated him to the Lord. Now, he didn't know anything about this, but when he went to school, he said to himself, I want to make a name for God. And so in his own heart, he had a desire to serve the Lord. He, he wanted to glorify God, but no one knew about his faith. And so he wanted to share that with his classmates. He wanted to share it with the world. And so he thought to himself, if I can become a well-known actor, if I could become famous, then I can bring glory to God. And sure enough, God opened door after door for him. And he shared that with us last week. And he was climbing higher and higher in the acting world. And then he got to a place where he went to a prayer meeting and he had to make a decision. God was speaking to him and saying to him, you're not going to go on to the next set. You're not going to go to the next level. You're not going to go to LA. And he felt this conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he was wrestling with this in his heart. And then he began to tell us a story about how he had decided not to go to LA. And then a friend called him. And then I rudely interrupted his story. And so, Nomiko, you're here with us today. I want you to go back and kind of retell that story and then continue it past the cliffhanger where I cut you off. <laughs> sure thing. <Okay. laughs> yeah, so that was perfect timing, by the way. Um, what happened at that point was I had uh, gotten back in contact with my friend, and he basically said he was in a crisis of his life. And he basically came to see me. He was extremely nervous came to my house, put me downstairs in my basement, made sure no one was in the house. And he says, listen, I'm gonna tell you something I have not told a single soul, are you ready? And I'm like, yes, what, what happened? And he's like, listen, it was me and my girlfriend and my son in the city and I was working construction and then I got offered to do something. I got offered $50,000 to participate in a grow up. So this is when uh, marijuana was illegal, right? So he was gonna go up in the northern woods of Quebec, grow this marijuana for some you know, mob boss, and he's gonna make all this money and everything was gonna be great, right? So he says everything was going amazing. About three months in, they're about like uh, five to 10 days from the harvest. Uh, the plants were taller than you, Namiko, he said. And he's like, everything was going great. And then he's like, one day I got up, I was six o'clock in the morning, not a cloud in the sky. I look around, like it's a beautiful day. All this stuff is growing, like life is good. And then as, all of a sudden, as he's looking at everything, he looks outside and he sees this one cloud. And this one cloud is perfectly shaped like an angel. And he said, you could see the chest, the abdominals, the arms outstretched, the wings, and it's, it had a sword in its hand and it was slowly turning towards the, the ground where he was standing. And he said, literally, he felt the, the hair on the back of his neck stand up. So he runs inside and he wakes up the two other guys who are inside. He's like, guys, 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 you gotta come see this, come see this. And they're like, what, what? He's like, wake up. And they're like, is it the cops? No, 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 come, 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 come. We're outside and he literally says, he runs outside and he goes, look, behold. And they're like, what, what, what? And he's like, you guys don't see it? They're like, see what? He's like, you guys don't see the angel. They're like, dude, stop using the boss's stuff, man. And they, you know, turn around and walk away. And he's like, no, I'm not high. He's like, you guys don't see the angel? And they're like, whatever, man. And so um, he kind of just was just like, what a weird moment that that was. 
But a couple days later, instead of my friend waking them up, it was the sound of a It was an RCMP helicopter. So an RCMP helicopter swoops down early in the morning and they literally get up like headless chickens, start grabbing their stuff, trying to put it in their pockets. And then they hide from the windows to pretend like they're not there. The helicopter goes to land and they're like, now we got to break a break for it. And so they literally grab their stuff and sprint, burst out the doors. And as soon as they burst out the doors, the helicopter wasn't actually fully landed and it saw them. And so it came straight towards them. And so they're like, into the woods. So they start running, those three guys running into the woods, trying to get reception from a friend to pick them up, but they can't get reception because in the middle of nowhere. And so they literally split and then the helicopter's chasing them over the trees. My friend splits away, helicopter chases the other guys and he makes it out. He walks like two or three days to get back to the city. And he's like, Namiko, I walked three days to get back to the city. I have no job, I have no prospects. And I just have one question for you. He's like, you were the really religious kid in elementary school. Why did God do this to me? So, Namiko, what, what, tell us what happened to your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure you want to know. And so for me, when I heard that, I was just like, why in the world would you ask me why did God do this to you? I mean, because this could have been the devil too, right? <laughs> but I, was, I didn't say that to him, but I was like, okay, this is a pastoral moment. Let me try to be uh, invitational to him. And I said, Buddy, do you know where you are in your life? Do you know where your life is? Do you know what life is about? And he's like, I don't, you know? And I was like, do you want to know? And he's like, well, I guess I got no better choice. And I was like, so why don't we study the Bible? He's like, study the Bible? And I was like, yeah, because I can tell you what God wants to do with your life that way. And he's like, yeah, I guess, I guess we can do that. So we start studying the Bible. Were you a good Bible study giver? I had never like given Bible studies in my life, but I felt like Mark Finley in that moment. I just felt like the door was open. This like, is the first time. Yeah, the first opportunity. I'm like, you should take Bible studies. And I'm like, did I just say that? You know, <laughs> who just said that, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I got to give this guy Bible studies. So I'm, I go find some Bible study guides like it is written.com or amazing, like just, you know, some other ministry or something like that. And then I got, I got study guides and then we started studying the Bible together and wow, I mean, it was a complete transformation. His life changed. He saw the truth for the first time. His mind was blown. I could tell you all these different miracles. I mean, on one night we studied um, about family relations and like, he was like, so you're saying uh, the, the marriage plan. He's like, so you're saying I shouldn't be sleeping with my, my girlfriend right now until you get married. And I was like, is that what the Bible is saying? And he's like, hmm, so he drops me off the one night, just to give you an example of how the Lord was working in this man's life. And I remember he dropped me off at my house after the Bible study and he stayed in the car for a couple minutes, then drove off. And for you do that for men, for ladies, but you don't usually do that for guys, but he had said a prayer in the car. He said, Lord, give me a sign so that when I get home, I know that it's not, I'm not supposed to sleep with my wife. He gets home, opens the door. She's like, honey, you never guess what happened. He's like, what? He's like, look at what the cat did. The cat pooped right on his side of the bed, right where he would sleep that night. <laughs> so God was telling him, don't sleep in the bed tonight, you know? So it was just like, I mean, mind-blowingly obvious of what God was trying to do, you know? And so, but that was, that was like the, the beginning of the conver conversion experience. And then we started working together um, to study the Bible with other people. So he got baptized, uh, his wife got baptized, they got married. Um, and then we started sharing our faith with other people and bringing them into the faith. So that was, that was God saying to me, he's like, Namiko, all this would not have happened if you went to Los Angeles. 
This is not. This is before the cell phones were really popular and stuff like that. And so I wouldn't. Have, I would have been in LA and not gotten that phone call when he was needing me the most. And so God is like, that's why I called you at this time for this purpose. So what happened next in your journey? Right, so at this point, I'm like, wow, just reeling from seeing what God is doing with my friend's life and, and other people's lives as a result of this. And at this time, I'm trying to get closer to God and saying, okay, Lord, you don't want me to go to Hollywood, but I'll just stay here and be an actor. But I started reading um, you know, the Bible and, and other inspired writings and that information started to, for the first time to come clear to me that God was actually saying, you know, this career is something that I might want you to be stepping away from. And, and then I, I came to that conclusion based on the things I was reading and I was like, wow, okay. And it, and it just was really clear, right? That summer I was like, there was the possibility there was going to be a third season for the show that I was working on because it was doing really well. It, it's an international show. It was airing in uh, Europe, all over Europe, all over Australia and Canada and the States. So I was like, man, Lord, please don't let there be a third season because I don't want to say no to these people. I want to just go off into the sunset because these people had changed the diet on set for me when I became vegetarian. They changed the entire shooting schedule for me uh, so that I didn't have to shoot on Saturdays. And I was like, I don't want to say no to them, right? But I'll never forget, it was like yesterday, one day in the summer, it was like in June, I woke up in the morning and I, I felt the strongest impression, today is the day. And I was like, today's the day for what, Lord? You know, I'm like, what does that mean, you know? I'm like, I've already gone through enough, the roller coaster ride in my life, but he's like, today's the day. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I, I started studying the Bible and then the phone rings and then God is like, pray before you answer the phone. But I'm like, I don't even have enough time to like, get the ringer before, you know what I mean, the prayer's over. And then he's like, pray every single time. So I pick up the phone, it's my mom. She's like, hey, Namiko, I know you're a big actor and everything, but did you wash the dishes? And I was like, uh, I'm gonna wash the dishes after my study. She's like, okay, just make sure you wash the dishes. And the windows need some cleaning too. And, then, and I was like, okay, mom, all right, I will do that. All right, love you, Kay, bye. And then I'm like, okay, back to my study. And I'm deep into the study and it's really, really interesting. And then the phone rings four more times. And guess what? Every single time, it's your mom. I, it's my mom, but God tells me to pray before. And I'm like, Lord, speak through me, speak through me when I answer this phone call. Every single time, I don't know why. And so I'm just like, it's just like, and then the sixth time the phone rings, I'm like, oh my goodness, mom. Cause I'm studying for three hours. I was really, and I grabbed the phone, pray. Lord, calm me down. Help me to speak to my mom in the right way. In Jesus name, amen. Hello? No, guess what? It's the producers. We got a third season of the show. And I was like, get out of town. It literally was the producers of the show. And they're like, guess what? This show was so amazing last season. We want you to come back. We want you to sing on the show. And I, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but like I had gotten a small time uh, recording uh, contract, you know? And so the music career was starting to build up, but they're like, we want you to sing on the show. We did an episode last year where I sang on the show. We want you to sing again on the show. We have a whole bunch of ideas for your character. Uh, everything is going amazing. And the show is going to be syndicated now. So it's even more money. And so I'm just like, Lord have mercy. And in my head, he's saying all this good stuff. But in my, my mind, I know I have to say no to this. And so I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? And so I tell him, no, I can't. Listen, you guys are amazing people, amazing people, amazing writers. You've been amazing to me, but my journey's different. This is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You know, you guys are amazing people. You're going to be fine. Okay, take care. Bye. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. How did I know it? I knew it. I knew this call was going to come 
and I thought that was it. But there was more. And so what happened was, I was like, okay, well, I, I guess I'm out of my career. But then the next day I got a phone call. And it was my agent saying, okay, they want you to come on and do three goodbye episodes. And I was like, man, I want to go back. I want to get the money, but I'm like, if I'm going back, I want to do the whole season. I'm not doing just three episodes, right? And so I was like, yeah, guys, you know, my agent said, they want you just to come back and do the three goodbye episodes. And I was like, no, that's, that's, it's okay. Like I have to make a, a clean, you know? And then the next day my agent says, listen, they're going to give you your own trailer, your own space. You don't have to talk to them. Just be by yourself and do these three, three goodbye episodes. And I was like, no, it's not about them. I love the people. They're great people. They're such loving, kind people. I just know that this is not my journey right now. And then my agent hangs up the phone and he's like, okay. And then he calls me back the third day and he's like, listen to me, go. They said to me, we can delete your character with the flick of our pen. But there's over a million fans in Europe and we as producers don't see too many black role models. And so we think you owe it to the fans to play this character for the last time and not destroy all those, those fans, these worldwide fans that, that have confidence in you. And I was like, Lord have mercy. I was like, Doug Bachelor, Mark Finley, anybody? <laughs> Somebody talk to me. And then at the end of it, you know, my agent said, you know, if I got a role with Denzel Washington where you're playing his brother and it was on a Saturday, you know, you wouldn't take it? And I was like, that was like the first thing I told you, man. And he's like, oh, I don't get you. And click, that was the end of that phone call. And that was the last time I spoke to my agent. So basically I tell my mother this and she's kind of like, oh, oh, so there's no more acting happening. And, and I was paying the mortgage at the time. So that didn't go over too well. Much more pressure on you. Exactly. And so I was like, what's going to happen? And so she's like, well, I'm going to find a way to get money. And she says, I'm going to bring in some student exchange students. And, um, and then they're going to come here and we'll get money from that extra means of income. And so this guy comes over to the house not too long after and he's inspecting the house and he's looking and he's like picking things up and he's like, you know, with a little notepad and it felt so demeaning because I was, you know, supporting my mom and now she has to do this. And it was such a depressing moment and I felt like a weird energy and depression in the house. And I was just, I was starting to get almost emotional. No tears were coming out. And then literally at around like eight o'clock at night, it felt like there was like something in my room and I couldn't pray. And I, I felt really scared and like there was an energy in the house and I started to cry and I was just crying and crying and going through like a depression. And then I went to bed in that state. And at around three o'clock in the morning, the phone rings and I can tell it's the long distance ring. And I'm not up, I'm not answering the phone because in the state that I'm in, I can't talk to anybody, right? But my younger brother plays, all, plays video games all night. So he answers the phone comes to find out it's my father. My father, who's not in Canada, who's in Jamaica. And my dad calls and he's like, I want to speak to Namiko. So my brother comes in, he's like, dad wants to talk to you. So I'm like, hello? And he's like, Namiko, what's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean what's going on? He's like, I used to have these things from, from since childhood. Tell me what's going on. And he's like, you're doing something, you're, you're deciding about something. And I was like, yeah, about acting. And he's like, I knew it. He's like, don't make any decision till I come back to Canada. Don't make any decision, all right? And I was like, yeah, what? Ugh. I didn't know what to say. Cause I didn't tell him I was quitting acting. So there's no way he could have known that. Comes to find out, he tells me that he was building a house in Jamaica, right? And he's into real estate and, and, and doing some of those other things. But building a house in Jamaica, didn't even have a phone installed in the house, but he saw a vision 
And in that vision, basically, he interpreted it as it was a vision about me, three, three different scenes. I don't have time to tell them now. But the three different scenes he interpreted as me needing to go back into the in entertainment industry. And I was like, but that doesn't go with what I've been reading and studying. But he's like, that's what I'm seeing. You're supposed to go back into the industry. And I was like, this is not making sense. And so I went to my mom next and I had a, a heart to heart with her. And I said, what, what, what's going on with dad? Like, and she's like, yeah, he's had things like that before, but I forgot to tell you something. When you were a child, I dedicated you to God before you were born. That's why this is happening. And I was like, thanks, mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thanks for letting me know now, you know? But she literally is like, yeah, I dedicated you to God. So you're actually supposed to be dedicated to God's service. And I was like, oh, wow. And so I was like, that's why I came out the womb, basically like believing right away that there was a God the way that I did. And so now everything started to make sense. And I was like, okay, Lord, like what's next? And I was super depressed. Super emotional, because I'm like, I just gave up five years of my life and what the momentum that I was building. And so I'm like, Lord, what's next? Like, I have nothing. And then, you know, it's funny because I tell people, um, people say, you know, money talks, right? But the problem with money is that she'll say things like, oh, you're so great that you, that you have me now. You know, I'm going to be with you forever. But then the last thing that money said to me was bye-bye because money left. <laughs> because the money leaves when uh, the party's over, so to speak, you know, and, and I was no longer in the entertainment industry and like some certain things happened and, and it was just really difficult. So I was like, OK, Lord, what's next? And I got an offer to work at a uh, Christian school as a substitute teacher. And I was like, I didn't want to take this job because it was literally a rough dead end kind of job right beside the train tracks. Literally, there was like a train right, right there beside the school. And I was like, I don't want to take this job. And it's really problem kids and stuff. But I was like, okay, God, if you're telling me to take this job, I'll give you a chance to show up. Tonight, there's going to be a live presentation by a pastor via satellite. And if he wears a red tie tonight, I will take that job, no problem, right? But if, he does, if you don't do this, I'm not going to do anything because all this crazy stuff is happening to me and you're not speaking to me and telling me what I'm supposed to do. So that's it. That's all. So I go to the event that night, sit at my church. And usually people don't wear red ties because it's just not good on camera. As you know what I mean? As you guys would know, guy comes out, Walt, Pastor Walter Pearson comes out, bam, red tie. I was like, no. <laughs> so I was like, Lord, did you really just do that to me? And I was like, okay, I guess I guess I got to go work at the school. So I worked at the school for a month and it was it was amazing because it was almost kind of like God slapped me on the wrist. But it's like, wow, I got to I got to slap on the wrist from from God, you know what I mean? And um, he indicated by another sign shortly thereafter that he wanted me to stay on with the school for a little bit. And so I did that for a little bit of time. But that was the first time I started seeing that God was leading in my life. He's saying, because you've given me everything, now I can give you everything. Now I can show you everything. You've emptied yourself, so now I can fill you up. Um, it, was, it was amazing. It was like a soul-searching time in my life. I basically just withdraw from a lot, hanging out with friends and everything. And the way God told me <laughs> I needed to do it was I started studying the Bible, but he said, you need to turn off the television and turn on the Ellen Vision. <laughs> we, we have a, an inspired writer that we've heard about, an author, uh, Ellen White, and her writings. And there, there's some powerful material in those writings. And so I said, you know, I heard a lot about these things. Let me inspect them for myself. And so I started to do some introspection. And here's the crazy thing, because my gift was my imagination. But what I notice about films is that you get so sucked into that world, after it's over, you still want to exist in the world that you just were a part of. 
right? It, 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 like, it, 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 it diminishes your appreciation for reality. And there's something called Avatar Depression, which was actually a thing after that movie. It was so beautiful, the movie Avatar, that people got depressed after going back to real life, right? So that's what, that's what those movies will do. But your imagination still wants to live in that world. Well, I read the book, The Great Controversy, and you read about the climax of history in the battle between good and evil is taking place in your lifetime. Spiritual warfare between the forces of good, the forces of evil, all of the conflict is coming to a head right now in this time in which you're alive and you have a part to play in that story and you close that book. But this story is real. You've just been awakened to the fact that you're a part of a greater reality. So it's now like you're more plugged in to the movie of your own experience and life. And so I was like, wow, 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 okay, okay, Lord. So he's like, now I need to give you purpose. I need to inform you about what it is you actually believe, what this thing called life is actually about. I started a, a city ministry um, with some group, group of friends and we started this nonprofit to reach uh, downtown areas, inner city areas. and. So many testimonies happen from that, but God is really showing me that he's like, Namiko, I called you out of the darkness to put you into the light, you know? And you know, people who are watching the show right now, they might be wondering about their own journey, but every single one of us has a journey that God wants to be powerful. And here's the thing, I thought I wanted, um, <laughs> I thought I wanted Adventism to have its own actor so that that would be the star power of Adventism. But the Bible showed me that Adventism already has star power because in Revelation it says that Jesus is the bright and morning star. Jesus is the bright and morning star. We already have a star in Adventism, but God still needs you to play a supporting role, right? And then I was like, okay, so how is that? Well, he's like, Namiko, there's two versions of yourself that you can play because when you think about David, David was a shepherd boy and he's like, that's too small. I want you to get up and go shepherd an entire nation. Peter was a fisherman, and he's like, that's too small. I need you to become a fisher of men, right? Paul used to go and capture people and bring them back to the Sanhedrin. He's like, now I need you to turn around and go capture people and bring them back to Christ. Moses was gonna give laws to Egypt. He's like, that's too small. I need you to give the 10 commandments to the entire world. You used to take the script and play it out. Now you take the scripture and you preach it out. And it's truth that's gonna last for eternity. So every single person, every single person has a role to play in their movie and God is the star of their, Jesus is the star of their film, but you only get to experience that when you invite him into your life. And so I think God is calling us as a generation to create media that's gonna impact the world for him. And so I consider myself to be a vision maker, not just a director or filmmaker, but a vision maker. And so if it's the most powerful way of communicating or compelling someone, to understand something or to accept something, why not use that for the gospel? And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm making documentary films, making music, and um, making um, uh, not necessarily documentary films, but 3D animated films as well. I've had the opportunity to create a, a, a documentary on David and Goliath, and it had 3D animation and uh, just talks about the story of David and Goliath, whether it was real, so it can take you from the atheistic perspective to the admin's perspective in one film. Um, the big dream that I have though is I want to take the Conflict of Ages series, uh, Patriarchs and Prophets, Desire of Ages, and The Great Controversy and create them all each as a two-hour 3D animated film. I actually have the company ready to make it with me. They are ready, they're on, they're standing by right now 
it just needs to be funded. The script is done, we just need to, to, to get the funding to do it. And we want to release that in theaters worldwide and on online platforms. So to tell the story of what this world really is in the most compelling and the most amazing way possible. Now Miko, you know, God has really inspired you with your vision that he gave you because the world has shifted so much today and so many people are spending time on screens. Yes. And so what a powerful vision that he gave you. That's why I'm excited that you guys do what you do. So how can people get a hold of you? Okay, so um, online, my company name is Certain Sound. And so they can go to certainsound.org. That's my website. Also, Certain Sound Media, uh, that's my YouTube channel. So we're going to have some new material showing up there. Um, you could also just search my first name on social media, and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. Yeah, and I'd like them to be able to support your vision because you do need financial support for that. <laughs> Prayers definitely help, but the other stuff doesn't hurt either. <laughs> Namika, I wonder if you can please pray for us before we end our program today. Sure, sure. Let's do it. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your love, Lord, and for the fact that Jesus is the star of each of our movies. Lord, we don't need to try to be the star because you are already there and willing to come to make our lives like the movie they were designed to be. I pray in a special way that you would please bless everybody who's watching out there who's in a valley of decision in their own lives. Help them to realize that you have the guidance that they need, you have the answers that they need, and you have a whole other side to life that they actually desire and want because you created them. So bless everyone who's watching and thank you for hearing and answering this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Namiko. you really blessed us with sharing your testimony, your experience, and the way God is leading in your life right now. Pleasure was mine, pleasure was mine. Friends, today we want to give you the book that inspired Nomiko, The Great Controversy. Because I have read The Great Controversy and learned from it multiple times, I know that you are going to be equally inspired by this book. The Great Controversy has stood the test of time as a trusted source on biblical truth and divine inspiration. Before you go, we would like to also invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our cooking demonstrations, our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living, and our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life. We also want you to experience the truth found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.